the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today in the Holy Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 10, we are given the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus tells this parable on the cusp of an encounter that he would have with a lawyer. We're told in the Gospel that a certain lawyer came to Jesus and asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus' answer to this lawyer is he gives him the summary of the law that we hear every Mass at the beginning of Mass. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And love thy neighbor as thyself. We're told that trying to justify himself, the lawyer said to Jesus, or asked Jesus, uh, but Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answers with this parable. Let's remember this parable. We're told by Christ that a man goes down from Jerusalem into Jericho. And there he is met with thieves that rob him, beat him, steal from him, and leave him naked and half dead on the side of the road. And there's a certain priest that came by and saw the suffering man. But when he saw the suffering man with indifference in his heart, he crossed literally to the other side of the street and walked on and ignored the suffering. We're told next that a Levite came by. A Levite came by and did the same thing. Saw this suffering man on the side, went to the other side of the street and again acted in indifference and ignored the suffering. And then we're told something fascinating. And Jesus uses this very particularly. He says a Samaritan came by. Now please understand who the Samaritans were. The Samaritans were seen by the Hebrew people as second class citizens at best. Most of the Hebrew people looked at them and said they're less than even human. That's how the Hebrews viewed the Samaritans. And Jesus says it was a Samaritan that saw the suffering man. And he went over to him. And he cared for the wounded. And he bandaged him. And he poured oil and wine upon him. And he set him upon his animal. And he took this poor man, half dead, to an inn. And there he continued to care for him. The next day, we're told, he went to the innkeeper and gave the innkeeper some money, two denarii. And he said to the innkeeper, you care for this man. And any money that you spend continuing to care for this man, I will repay you in full upon my return. Jesus looks at the lawyer and he said, tell me who was neighbor to the man who was suffering. And the lawyer answered correctly, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, you go and do therefore, do the same, and you'll inherit eternal life. Now, the church fathers have two different ways of interpreting the Good Samaritan parable. One is a literal and one is an allegorical, but they both point to the same message. The call for every Christian filled with Christ to show mercy unto the suffering, unto their own salvation. Because when we do so, we become like Christ, which is our being made whole. But I want to pay attention to the allegorical interpretation because in the allegorical interpretation of most of the fathers, when they give it, we see something about our identity as living stones, those people filled with the Holy Spirit in Christ's holy church. So when the fathers look at this in that manner, they say this about the parable, that the man who went down from Jericho, from Jerusalem to Jericho 
was indicative when we see that it is the fall of man. The man who goes from the exalted city, the city of peace, the holy city, the place in which God dwells, and goes down, you get the descending, into Jericho, which is in Samaria. A lesser existence. It's the fall of man. And who are the thieves? The fathers say the thieves are Satan and all of the demonic who deceived mankind, robbed us of our true identity, robbed us of the glory with which we were arrayed in the garden, the very glory of God, and left us in a much far less condition of life. Half death and death, death enters into the world. Who is the good? Who do you think the good Samaritan is then? Who is it? Jesus. The fathers say the Samaritan is Jesus. Jesus who condescended from his glory on high to come and live and dwell not only as one of us, but as the least of us. In humility he would dwell among us. And it is Jesus who sees wounded mankind stripped of their glory, stripped of their identity and left half dead. That he comes to bandage up their wounds, to bind them up within himself, to care for their wounds toward the healing of their souls. And then it says that he pours oil and wine, oil and wine upon him. What do you think the fathers say the oil and wine represent? Eucharist, the sacraments, very good. The wine that is made by Christ, the blood of Christ, washes away our sins and brings healing to the human person. The oil which has been set aside by God through old and new covenants for the healing of both soul and body of His people. Jesus comes and with Him comes the sacraments for the healing of the human person. The end the church fathers say that Jesus brings them into is his holy church. And who are the innkeepers? The innkeepers are the entirety of every living stone that lives and dwells in the ark of salvation. The hierarchs, the clergy, all of us who are filled with God. He brings the broken in. He brings the broken into the care of all of us by his grace and his ministry through us. And the money that he gives the innkeeper, the church fathers say, is the grace of God that each one of you and myself, we have received at our baptism. The grace of God to continue the reconciling ministry of Jesus Christ, binding up the souls and bringing them to healing, not in and of ourselves, Christ through us. The church fathers take this allegory, that allegorical approach to the Good Samaritan. And they make this statement, and you've heard this. They say that the church is a hospital. The church is a hospital for the ill of soul and mind and body. And this is the word of exhortation that our Lord has for us this morning. Is to take a look at how Christ sees His holy church. What has He purposed us to be? What has He graced us toward that purpose to become for the benefit and the healing of the souls of men. Who are we in this life, in this finite life? While we live and dwell here, who are we? What is our grace-filled role? Dr. Kyriakos Markides, he's an Orthodox professor of sociology at the University of Maine. He's written many wonderful books. 
And one of the books that he wrote is The Gifts from the Desert. And in The Gifts from the Desert, there is a, there is a section in there talking about the church in its role as a hospital. I want to read to you a quote from that. Dr. Kiriakos writes, The church was created for purely therapeutic purposes, for healing the split between us and God. The church takes the fallen, sick, and confused human beings who suffer from all sorts of destructive passions and sins, and with its very tangible therapeutic means, helps them attain to true health and life, spiritual health. He says, through tangible means, did you hear that? Through tangible means, we, the church, aid in the healing of the human person by the gift of Christ our God. What are these tangible means? I want to offer two thoughts from the parable of the Good Samaritan. The first tangible means that we can't escape is the Holy Sacraments. These are tangible means of the healing of the human person. Our Lord takes common things to this earth. He takes the stuff of earth. He blesses it. The wine, the bread, the oil, the water, the human person. In the case of holy matrimony and holy orders. He takes the stuff that he has created, blesses it, fills it with his Holy Spirit. He sets it aside for holy use. And what's the holy use? The healing of your soul and the souls of all who have fallen. So the sacraments are the tangible means of healing. What about the other one that we find in the parable? <clears throat> Every living stone filled with Christ is a therapeutic means, as Dr. Marquides states, toward the healing of the human soul. Each one of us, much like the sacraments, by our baptism, we have been graced, blessed, filled with the Holy Spirit and set aside for God's holy use. That through us, just like through the sacraments, through common humanity, fallen but healed and healing humanity, we might manifest all that Christ is for the healing of one another and for the sake of souls outside of the ark of salvation. When I thought about that in these terms, my mind went to something that St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. When he says this, he says, But the manifestation of the Spirit, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the benefit and profit of all. I'll say that again. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to each one for the benefit and profit of all. And when he makes that statement, he is summarizing the gifts of the Holy Spirit as we have in English through 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And also in Romans 12, he also mentions the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You've heard me say this many times. I can't stand that translation in English, gifts of the Holy Spirit, because the word gifts isn't there. It's how Paul summarizes it. So when you see the various gifts, and listen to some of the gifts that he mentioned, these manifestations of the Spirit of God for the healing of man. Mercy is a gift. Faith, healing is a gift. Miracles are a gift. Prophecy is a gift. Discernment of spirits is a gift. Teaching is a gift. Exhortation is a gift. 
These are all, as we put in English, gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the reality is what Paul is saying, that every one of them, and if you listen to them, mercy, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirit, teaching, exhortation, who is this? It's our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. And Paul says that to each one of us is given the manifestation of him by the Holy Spirit for the benefit, for the healing, for the salvation, for the exhortation of all who are in Christ's church. This is who we are in the eyes of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I ask you, do we see ourselves the way that he sees us? It's always our challenge in our humanity to embrace how God truly sees us and desires to use each one of these broken vessels for his salvation, for his glory. St. Nikolai Belimirovich, he taught this. What is the church if not a place where the sick meet their physician? Those sick from sin come to confess their sins to God the physician and to find medicine and healing from him who is the true healer from all human sufferings and weakness and the giver of all good things. Who are we? My friends, we are the ones in the hospital being healed. There is no question. And yet at the same time, because of Christ within us, if we will but give ourselves to Him and say our lives are not ours, they're yours. We are also the ones that the means of grace and healing for the souls of one another and again for those outside of Christ's holy temple. And though it's Christ's desire that we be this way and though Christ sees us and purposes us this way, I wish it could be automatic. But it's not because the church also teaches us that all of this and our salvation is absolutely dependent on the synergy, the cooperation of man with God and God with man. For you and I to see ourselves tangibly and the effects of the grace that God has given us as a means of healing, as a hospital, for us to witness this in this place. We must be willing, as Mary, Blessed Virgin Mary, as St. John the Baptist and Christ himself, to look upon God and say, not my will, but thy be done. My life is yours, and I offer myself to you. Only then will the kingdom of God be manifest for the salvation, the healing of not only our souls, but the souls of one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.